Well, hello there, friend, and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit and financial life in order, you, my friend, are in the right place. But before we fully dive into this week's topic, a quick word from my sponsor, who is myself. Yes, I do sponsor uh, most of my own podcast episodes. This episode is brought to you by my new program, The Profit Rx. If you've been following along here on the podcast, you know that the doors open to The Profit Rx officially a couple of weeks ago. The Profit Rx is your prescription to help you build a healthy and wealthy business, help you avoid that financial anxiety, pay yourself more, tackle your taxes, all of these good things. For all of the information, you can go to theprofitrx.com. You can join us on our twice-weekly co-working calls, Finance Fridays, get all of the good stuff. So go check it out. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to be explaining to you all about the profit and loss statement. So what a PNL is, um, how they work, and in order to do that, I'm actually going to be walking you through an excerpt of our Profit Rx textbook. So a P&L or a profit and loss is also often referred to as an income statement. That's like the more official term for most accountants. But I like P&L because it's shorter to say and also profit and loss is pretty clear as to what it is that we're covering. A profit and loss statement or P&L for short is created by and for your own company. It's typically not submitted anywhere. The P&L shows a snapshot of income, expenses and profit. If prepared correctly, it shows your self-employment income from that business. So in our book, I have a snapshot of a PL. I'm going to kind of describe it to you since obviously you cannot see it. First, it shows revenue of $100,000, then cost of goods of $20,000, gross profit of $80,000. And then I have an itemized list of expenses, advertising, insurance, contractors, office expenses, and education, which totals $21,800. This leaves us with an owner's profit of $58,200, an owner's salary of $40,000, business profit of $18,200, tax of $9,800, and take-home pay of $48,400. Now, I've added some of my own lines to this P&L. Um, if you are an accounting professional um, shaking your head at me right now, I understand this is not traditional, but I like to show a P&L snapshot that is more useful to most small businesses. So I'm going to explain what each of these lines mean in a moment. Before we do that, a quick note on what I call internal versus external documents. When I tell my students or my podcast listeners that something is an internal document, I mean that it's created for the benefit of the business. Oftentimes, an internal document is only seen by the business owner or relevant employees or contractors of that business. A P&L is largely an internal document. External documents are those that we complete because we must do so for someone else. In this case, uh, in the case of tax returns or 1040 and Schedule C's are external documents. We complete them because the IRS requires us to do so. Our P&L is the document from which we obtain the necessary information required to complete our Schedule C tax return. If we're a single member LLC or sole proprietor, revenue will be the top line on our P&L. And if we file a Schedule C, 
the same number will go on line one. So as I noted, revenue is typically the very top number on our profit and loss statement. It's our starting point for understanding our full tax picture, um, also our full financial picture as we're doing financial analysis and planning. And it's also relatively straightforward. You simply add up all the money you receive from providing services or selling goods in your business. <clears throat> revenue is all the income your business earns. If we had a pie chart of your business income, your revenue would be the entire pie. Many students get confused when it comes to different revenue streams. I use the term revenue streams as a general term. We can have revenue streams from all sorts of investments and businesses, but we can also have multiple revenue streams within one business. <clears throat> so excuse me. At this point in the text, I go through some examples of what the difference is between a revenue stream and a business income. We're going to skip over that. And instead, we're going to go to the next section in the PL, which is gross profit. A cost of good is a business expense that is part of the end product. Um, for example, I have a friend who runs a successful Etsy shop where she creates wreaths for various holidays. All the craft stuff she buys that goes into the wreath that are part of the end product are her cost of goods. However, the scissors she needs are not a cost of good. They don't become part of the end product. Instead, they are a supply expense. So there's just um, different nuances for our types of deductions. Perhaps a simpler example would be a bakery. If you picture a cupcake, all of the ingredients that go into the cupcake are a cost of good. If I'm eating it, it was a cost of good to the baker. So think flour, eggs, sugar, butter, cocoa, you get the picture. The majority of service providers will not have cost of goods, but there are some small exceptions. For example, on my website, I sell a physical copy of my book, Unfuck Your Biz. Make sure to share with friends. The book costs me $11 to print. This is my cost of goods. The book sales are a small portion of my overall revenue pie. Less than about 2% of my total business revenue comes from book sales. Um, but I still have to track my cost of goods if I don't want to pay taxes on that $11 portion. Our gross profit on our profit and loss statement and on our tax return is our revenue minus our cost of goods. Gross profit is an essential number to stay on top of if you are primarily in a product-based business. However, if you have $0 in cost of goods, your gross profit is the same as your revenue. So if you're in a service-based business, you have no cost of goods, cost of goods and gross profit are pretty irrelevant numbers to you. You would just know that your cost of goods is zero, therefore revenue minus zero is equal to revenue. Your revenue and your gross profit are gonna be the same. Pretty straightforward. So next on our profit and loss statement, we have expenses. We often call these expenses deductions or quote unquote tax write-offs. Before we really dig into taxes and the other things that I teach inside of the profit RX, we have to find our net business income, which is our revenue minus our expenses. So if you take a look back at the P&L, take note that I differentiate between owner profit and business profit. This, as I noted, is a Braden thing. It's not an IRS or an accounting standard thing. At some point in your business, likely after forming an S-Corp, you may put yourself on payroll. For tax purposes, salary is the business expense. However, that's not a true picture of financial health because that's money you're paying yourself. Once we deduct that, it's going to make our business look less profitable than it really is. I like to think of your owner's profit as your revenue minus all expenses other than your own 
salary. That's the best indicator as to the financial health of your business. It's the profit that is beneficial to the owner. Your business profit, which we will also call net business income, will be that total minus your salary. And this is more relevant for certain tax purposes, like if you have an S-corp. Until you have a formal salary, uh, your owner profit and your business profit here uh, in Braden land and profit RX land will be the same. But please note that outside of this, profit and net business income are typically synonymous. Okay, so back to the deductions. We call them deductions because they deduct from income, right? I think we all generally understand this. If you have $10 in income and a $1 deduction, you deduct that $1 to then have $9 in taxable income. Business deductions reduce your revenue to net business income. The IRS calculates taxes on net business income. Assume we have a flat tax percentage of 10%. The IRS in this fictional universe only collects 10% of all net business income. If you have $100,000 in income, the 10% tax would total $10,000 in taxes. Now assume that you have a $10,000 deduction. How much are taxes now and how much does that $10,000 deduction save you? Pause for a minute. You can pause me if you want. Uh, do the math. So here's our answer. You deduct $10,000 from the total income of $100,000. Net business income is $90,000. The 10% tax on $9,000, uh, in other words, or sorry, the 10% tax on $90,000 would be $9,000. In other words, that $10,000 deduction saved you $1,000 in taxes. At a 10% tax rate, you save 10% on the cost of the thing that you bought, which makes sense. I highlight the net impact of deductions on your taxes because they're very often misunderstood by new business owners. Uh, this is highly re relevant now as we're coming to the end of the year uh, because every November and December without fail, I will talk to business owners who say something like, I need to invest some more money in my business to lower my taxes this year. And to me, this has never made sense. Let's break this down with some more realistic numbers. Uh, Later in, in other parts of ProfitRx, I explain tax brackets in great detail. Uh, here, I'll keep it pretty simple in general and explain that we have graduated tax brackets, meaning that the more money you make, the higher your tax percentage is, right? So let's assume that you have $100,000 in net income with an effective tax rate of 21%. That's the actual tax rate that you pay. Your taxes would total $21,000. At the end of the year, you think, okay, well, shit, I made, I made a lot of money this year, more than I thought I was going to. That's a lot in taxes. I would argue this is a quality problem, okay? Um, you think I should spend some more, so you drop $40,000 in expenses, prepaying some things for the next year, buying courses, office furniture, a new computer. Maybe you join a pricey mastermind. Now your net income is $60,000. So you spent 40 on your 100. Now you have a net income of $60,000. If we assume an effective tax rate on 60,000 of 16%, so less than our 21% earlier, the tax is now 9,600 versus 21,000. So the difference in tax is 11,400. You would have spent $40,000 to save $11,400. Do not, the takeaway here, don't think about deductions as free money. Think about them as a discount on whatever it is that you're buying. For example, assume that $10,000 of the $40,000 went towards that mastermind. 
look at the tax savings as a 30% discount. It's like you saved $3,000 on the mastermind. Ask yourself, is this mastermind worth $7,000? Are you happy with it? If yes, awesome. Spend the money and take the deduction if that's a valuable investment into your business. This is the type of analysis we should use before we buy shit just to quote unquote reduce our tax bill. If you need a new computer, buy a new computer and deduct it. If you don't need a computer and you spend $1,000 on one, but you save $100 due to the tax deduction, you're really just tossing away $900 that would be better off in your personal bank account. Remember, deductions are great, but profit, my friend, is always better, which is why I've made my program Profit Rx. Okay. If you really want to pay less in taxes, put your cash in a tax-advantaged retirement account that will appreciate in value. It's a win-win. All right. So I kind of go on here with some more examples. I'm going to cut more to the chase. We're going to go back to our profit and loss. Uh, we'll take another look at the P&L um, on most P&Ls. And I'll remember to put an image, a screenshot of this P&L in our show notes so you can go look at it um, if you can get a more visual example. Um, but we'll take another look. On most P&Ls, the line I have labeled profit will be called net income. Uh, most people are going to refer to it as profit or net income, and the P&L would end there. I like to add the additional items for a more comprehensive at-a-glance benefit. So we already talked about owner profit and business profit. I also put tax paid on this line. So this is the total non-deductible taxes paid. We really only put federal and state income taxes here. Below that, I have take-home pay. And take-home pay is the amount that we should end up that should end up in your personal bank account. It's the profit, so your owner's profit less the taxes that you pay. In other words, it's your personal benefit from the business. So here's a simple example of why knowing these numbers is useful. If you go to apply for a car loan, the lender needs to know your income. If you don't get a W-2, you show your profit from a tax return, that's all you need. But you should know your take-home pay as well as your monthly expenses. These numbers give you a better indicator of what you can actually afford. So a little while ago, I released an episode uh, titled Why 200,000 Should Be Your New Benchmark, something like that. It's a little bit different, but essentially I argued why the six-figure benchmark is one that we need to kind of toss away. And for most of us, we need to shoot for $200,000 in revenue instead. And the reason why is because for most of us, $200,000 in revenue after expenses and taxes leaves us with a take-home pay of around $100,000, which is if we have lofty-ish financial goals, maybe not, some of you may not even view them as lofty, but for me, it's paying down debt, saving for retirement, you know, taking a vacation or two a year, um, not being stressed out about money. That's going to take me about $100,000 take-home pay not revenue. All right. So that was the purpose of that episode. Um, and you're not really going to know where you are as far as your take home pay unless you're tracking all of these numbers. So using this kind of at a glance profit and loss, of course, to get those numbers, you need to be doing your bookkeeping, right? In order to know how much you're paying in taxes, you got to have some kind of system, you need to be saving that tax, you need to be paying it. This is what we cover in the program. Um, I know this episode's like a little bit of a sales pitch. Um, the next several episodes are gonna be as well. But in each of these, um, in the, each of the upcoming episodes, I'm gonna be sharing excerpts from the program. So you know, even if you, even if you don't jump at the sale and join, you're still gonna learn a lot. That's my goal. Like hopefully this uh, episode 
has taught you something that will be uh, useful for you in your business. So that's all for this week. Uh, moving forward, I'm putting a really big emphasis and goal on really trying to up-level the quality of this podcast. I'm hoping to get a new microphone soon. We're going to bring in some really great experts. Um, in doing so, I'm going to dial back some of my other marketing efforts. So with that in mind, um, if you liked this episode, I would be so, so eternally grateful if you would snap a selfie or just a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Uh, give me a tag. Let me know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Um, but share with friends. That's the best way for us to grow grow the podcast. It's the best way for you to say thank you. You can also, of course, leave a review as well. It's all appreciated. So that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, shoot me a message on Instagram if you want to chat. And I will be back in your podcast app next Thursday. Have a good one.